This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi there, mindful listeners. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of your day with us here. We're going to be talking this episode about ending bad habits during times of stress. And as human beings, I got to tell you, I think I've seen it all. I feel like I've lived some of it. We are moth to the flame when it comes to being under stress and how to take care of ourselves because it seems like we go for things that maybe might cause us even more stress and it turns into a vicious cycle. It is certainly not uncommon to develop negative habits as a way to cope with daily stress and disappointments. And some folks drown their sorrows in food or alcohol. Others numb themselves in front of the television or they start to complain endlessly to friends without making any effort to change their situation, right? So willpower alone is not enough to change deeply entrenched habits. We must learn how to change habits effectively so that we do not get overwhelmed and discouraged and also not get into the vicious cycle of being even more stressed based on our behaviors. So seeing success in self-controlled and in small things can help restore confidence. And to talk about this, I want to introduce my guest. It's Rosemary Lombardi. She is an author. She's also a financial advisor with over 35 years of experience. And you know what? Even though her professional expertise is in financial matters, her perspective on marital abuse, divorce, and recovery is deeply heartfelt and holistic. She draws on decades of personal experience as well as the experience of others who've gone through similar situations that are extremely stressful. Um, And she has written a book called Breaking Bonds, How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal. It is a survival guide. So to that, Rosemary, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, This is such an important topic because I see it all the time in my practice. I see it all the time in my personal life. I see it all the time in my family. Um, When stress ensues, uh, it seems like the things that we should do to amp up our self-care are kind of few and far between. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we we get some some immediate relief from some of these bad behaviors that we develop over time. But they tend to compound the problem. So yeah. you mentioned mentioned a few. Um, alcohol is a real pr- problem. Uh, addiction to drinking and drugs can be very difficult to overcome. It really can affect your health and longevity. A lot of people develop a compulsive spending habit, and they mm-hmm. can end up losing their home uh, and possibly even their family. Um, and overeating, which was my poison of choice, uh, which mm. can really affect your health, as you know, as a uh, as a doctor, Di- diabetes, heart disease, and other de- deadly illnesses result. Um, you end up with lower energy and activity levels, can affect your joints, affects mood, uh, you know, self-esteem, uh, and uh, it can result in isolating behaviors, and that also can really you know, affect your relationships. So, um, you know, there are a lot of different things, you know, your holistic approach, um, is, is terrific concentrating, especially on things like diet and acupuncture, which I've, I've used for years is extremely helpful, but there are some steps that you can take that will, will help you to, um, to, to, to break a habit and not necessarily addiction because that, 
that actually affects the chemistry of your brain. And, you know, you really can't go that alone. Um, but uh, using support groups and getting counseling and, and, and doing a 12-step program in those cases, I think it's extremely helpful. Um, yeah. But so let me ask you, um, I mean, obviously you've gone through mm-hmm. some of the things I was going to ask you, you know, what are the most common bad habits that folks develop during times of stress? You've certainly mentioned a few of them. I know people can get, get themselves into all sorts of uh, trouble uh, when these stressful times ensue. Um, t- talk a little bit about your personal experience, because I mean, I think it's interesting you draw um, from that so much in your work. Yeah, yeah, well, too much caffeine, which is something I have been guilty of, it, you know, <clears throat> actually increases your anxiety, it can raise your uh, blood pressure, you can end up with a rapid ha- heartbeat, and, and insom- insomnia, you know, you can be really jittery from, from uh, taking in too much caffeine. So cutting back on that is going to be extremely helpful. Some people get addicted to Diet Coke, so it does not necessarily have to be coffee. Um, You know, alcohol, you know, as we know, can interfere with job performance and even in relationships, Uh, addiction to drugs, uh, compulsive spending, uh, is a problem. Gambling is, is, is another thing that sometimes will pop up, but the compulsive spending, a lot of, a lot of people go shopping. You can end up losing your home, ruining your credit, and possibly alienating or losing your, your family even, uh, from money problems. Yeah, um, so as you, as you with, said, sorry, as you said, you know, uh, I mean, obviously th- these things, you know, what do they do to our stress levels? Because we're in a stressful time. We start, sort of partaking in things that probably make these times worse. Isn't wouldn't that wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh these behaviors make things so much worse and um sometimes it 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 gets to the point where people can be really overwhelmed and then you know you you have to st- uh, step back and just tackle one behavior at a time, and the best thing to do is to replace a, a bad behavior with a good behavior. Um, and you know, there are some things that we do uh, that that tend to make the situation worse. And you know, I'll give you some some steps on how to break a bad habit. But you know, how do you manage your stress so that you can? Uh, break a bad habit, and one of one of the things I recommend right off the bat is to please stop multitasking, which is something that hmm. I had a tendency to do. Your brain just can't do it very well, um, and only look at emails at work, for example, every two to three hours. Don't look at them while you're trying to talk on the phone to a client. Um, use time blocking at work. Do the most important and time sensitive things work first. I think that's just, you know, it's common sense, but, you know, a lot of people will try to do too much at one time and then they wonder why, you know, they have neck trouble later on in the, in the day. Having predictable work hours, cutting back on overtime and marathon hours. I became a workaholic. That was one of my coping mechanisms and I realized that I really need you know, needed to pull, uh, pull back on that. And then as, as you cover so well, taking care of your body, you, you know, it's the only one you, you, you have, uh, getting plenty of rest, which means no electronics or TV at least two hours prior to bedtime so that you can decompress. No caffeine four hours before bedtime. You know, if you can eventually get to that point, that means, you know, 
having a good diet, um, staying hydrated, and uh, taking time to uh, to exercise at least three to four times a week. And, uh, you, yeah. you know, one, so one of the things, things that I ended I mean, up, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is going to be a little back and forth for a bit, um, but because I want to I want to make sure that sure. we get into the point for our listeners, because I mean, all of these things sound great when you say it really fast. Obviously, these are these are core and foundational to self-care. But how is it when people get stressed and they're in the sort of self-sabotage uh, coping skill mechanism um, <laughs> when the overspending, right. the overworking, the alcohol, the food is is kind of on board. How do how is it that we put a break on for those things? Wake up our mind because after all, the show is what mindful medicine, right? How can we how can we use our minds to stop the the um, sabotage and um, sort of as uh, you know the bad habits and get into these things that you're listing? Get into the idea that okay, I can do this and I know it's going to be better for me. Well, being mindful and staying in the present moment instead of obsessing over the past, which a lot of people do, or worrying about the future, which is really, you know, not 100% in your control, but just trying to live your life in the in the present. And one thing that really helped me a lot in terms of being able to stop these automatic negative behaviors that, you know, your subconscious mind has got them entrenched and you know, you're almost on automatic when you're eating in front of the TV. That's that's really uh, kind of an out-of-body experience. You're not really present. You're just doing it, and, and you're not really getting the satisfaction that, that you would have if you sat at the dinner table and mindfully ate a meal. Um, the first step, I would say, is to stop and breathe deeply and slowly into your abdomen at least four times a day, and um, I had had plastered sticky notes all over my mirrors, different places in my house to remind me to slow down and what habit I was trying to change at the moment. So tackling one bad habit at a time until it becomes automatic behavior, um, I think is going to be key to success. You know, if you try to change too much at one time, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And it typically will take at least 60 days for a behavior to become automatic. So that's the, the, the first thing I would suggest. The second thing is plan on how to implement that new positive habit that you're replacing the bad one with into your schedule. You know, whether it be some support meetings or exercise, put it on your calendar and write down that goal. Refer to it often, whether it be sticky notes or, you know, uh, setting up your, your, your phone to go off at a certain time of day to get you up out of your desk to, um, to breathe, to stretch, to stand up, to, to walk around, uh, instead of sitting in your chair, um, all day long. I think that that's very helpful. And, and, and then I would also recommend to be realistic and start with a very small goal. You know, if you have to lose 50 pounds as I did, start with five and just focus Hmm. on losing that first five. And then once you get to that five, then you lose, you know, your next goal is the next five. So focus on your progress 
and only on what is in your control. So if, it may take a little longer than you plan, but if you, if you kept a commitment to yourself and did everything that you possibly could, take pride in your efforts. Take pride in your efforts. And then, you know, getting that support system, whether it be a, a friend who is, you know, dieting with you or a coach, could be a Facebook group or an organization, listening to podcasts like yours are extremely helpful. Overeaters Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, you know, Weight Watchers, Spenders Anonymous. There are lots of groups out there that you can, that you can go to that, um, you know, will be extremely, um, helpful. Using a calorie app like fitnesspal.com and measuring what you eat, uh, are extremely important because if you don't measure, you don't really know and, you know, you could be eating a whole lot more calories than you really intended. So just little things like that really, sure. really matter. Um, so also, avoid it sounds like it, it, it sounds like you're asking folks uh, when they get into these stressful situations, which I want to hear a little bit more about what the, how, how you've informed this conversation by your, your past experience that you talk about drawing from for the past decades. Um, but it sounds like you're just mm-hmm. asking folks to really slow down um, and to truly kind of start taking care instead of just getting by. Yes. And, you know, especially for abused women, um, they stop caring about themselves because they've been treated as if they're unimportant. And you have, you have to, you have to learn how to care for yourself again. Um, I had a therapist years ago who told me, uh, fake it till you make it. Because th- there were many times I didn't feel like taking care of myself, but I did it anyway, and it actually made me feel better. Um, so I made myself do it. Make that commitment to yourself that 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 you're going to care for yourself, and and then that actually will help to improve your self-esteem over time. Um, avoid people who encourage you to maintain bad habits or who sabotage mm-hmm. you. Um, because there are people like that out there. I know them personally. And and mm-hmm. surround yourself with people who are supportive of what you're trying to do. You know, if you have to stay in close proximity with someone who is is going to sabotage you, don't tell them what you're doing. So if they keep offering you dessert, tell them I'm not hungry instead of I'm on a diet. That way you can avoid a lot of point, pointless arguments. Um the other thing I would say is reward yourself for reaching mini goals, just not with food, little rewards like a bubble bath with a new magazine or a pedicure. These little things can really help to boost your self-esteem, and they also are calming. You know, they help to, to, to reduce the, the stress. Um, you know, learning how to stay positive if you, if you mess up and forgiving yourself immediately. Sometimes that can be tough, especially if you've been subjected to a lot of criticism. So, and, and getting back on track, track, um, I, I would ask you to treat yourself with compassion as you would a good friend. Um, you know, and recommit to your goal and, and just don't give up. And, and that's sometimes hard to do. And, and when you get in that position when it's hard to do, you know, you stop, you take a deep breath and, you know, you treat yourself with compassion. You're not supposed to be perfect. None of yeah. us are. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, 
I'm, I'm interested. Um, how, so how did Rosemary, how did you come to write your book, how to divorce an abuser and heal? Well, um, I had, um, made the mistake of staying married for almost 30 years because I thought it was the the right thing to do for my children. I, I was, uh, raised Catholic and, you know, I was taught that, you know, you, you hang in there. Um, and I basically gave up on myself and my own needs, uh, for my children. And it was a mistake. I should have divorced him while they were still young. And I've had many conversations with one of, one of my children, uh, about that. Every situation is different. Um, but I had a very high stress job as a financial advisor. Unfortunately, I had success there because that's where I got my self-esteem. Uh, and I realized after the, the divorce that writing for me was very therapeutic and I basically wrote my experiences and after a while I figured out, you know, I could really help other women who didn't have the knowledge that I did about investments and finances and I also could could talk to them about every trick in the book that an abuser is like likely to pull because if I hadn't experienced it myself, a lot of my clients who had had shared those experiences with me. I don't I don't use any names in the book, but I do talk about what you can expect, typical behaviors of an abuser, uh what you can expect, how to protect yourself, and also how to uh take care of yourself to uh have the stamina to deal with the many months it's going to take to get through the divorce because it's going to be unpleasant but it's necessary so that you have the ability to be happy later on so um you know most most divorce books are written by lawyers and uh they typically are not trained in investments yet a lot of women rely solely on their divorce lawyer to give them financial advice. So I have a different perspective. I want them to get advice from not only their lawyer, but their own financial advisor and a CPA and have a financial plan done, take care of themselves. The holistic approach, I think, is is so important and begin to heal because that's the whole point of going through the divorce in the first place is that is so that you can be healthy and happy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's really important. And obviously, you've gained a lot from your own experience and then um, sort of going down the rabbit hole and then digging yourself back up and faking it till you made it. But it seems like you're making it and you're helping other people do the same thing. I know you've got a website called breakingbonds.com. Um, and once again, you know, right. the title of the show, 10 Ways to End Bad Habits During Times of Stress. I think you went over quite a few of them. Any other things that you have for our listeners out there as far as I mean, there are obviously these days, these times, these modern day times are full of compounded, confounded, consistent, uh, constant stressors. Um, and I do see oh, across absolutely. the board, I do see people across the board just, uh, yeah, getting sort of making, making the situation almost worse because of their choices. Right. Well, there, there are just a couple of things I would say in, in, in you know, in, in closing that, um, are really important because I, I didn't know how to ask for help. But ask for help when you need it. Don't get to the point of being overwhelmed. Ask your partner, a relative, uh, could be a friend or a coworker, to, to pitch in for you when you need a break. And if you're overworked, discuss it with your boss to make adjustments. Um, 
other people can't read your mind, and it's human nature for people to take advantage of others, you know, and uh, you need to be able to stand up for yourself and say, I'm just human, this is too much, I need help. Um, and let go of perfectionism, you know, I think I think that's really important. You know, what you, what you really want to do is strive for balance in your life and have quality time with your family. So focus on what's important, stay positive, do the best you can, and Really, that's all you can ask of anyone, and and then let go of the rest. Yeah, that's that's really important, and I think that, you know, I always remind people to be gentle with themselves, certainly in times of stress, and then also get curious before critical, especially if they have the, you know, the tendency to actually self sabotage and try to make things worse and perseverate on those things to maybe even blunt the pain from what's really going on, because the other pain that you can cause from drinking or eating or spending. Uh, can get you into a lot of trouble that's very distracting in a way. And so it takes you away from that deeper pain or betrayal or hurt that you're going through. Yeah. Well, you know, I, th- I think for women especially, um, negative emotions are a no-no. I mean, in our society, it's not okay for women to get angry. It's okay for men to get angry, but it's not okay for women to. And, and they tend to turn it inward where it turns into depression. Uh, one thing I did during my divorce is I took up boxing as mm. a way to get get the frustration and anger out of my body, and um, it it was one of the best things I ever did. I I don't box anymore because I don't need it, but um, you know, having some kind of physical release, you know, whether it's punching a pillow or going in your garage and sitting in your car with the windows up and <laughs> screaming at the top of your lungs, you know, if, you, if you're if you going through a really, really bad time, you know, that's a lot healthier for you than, than these self-sabotaging uh, behaviors. Uh, but figuring out what, what works and, you know, I, I tried really hard to forgive my ex and I wanted to just jump straight over into forgiveness, and I was having a real hard time with it, and I talked to my therapist about it, and he said, no, it's not that easy. Um, you've got to let yourself stay angry for a while and feel yeah. the anger. And for me, it was a very uncomfortable emotion. I didn't want to feel it. I was afraid of my own anger. And, yeah. um, you know, if you can harness your anger and, and use it as a sign that your body's telling you that something's seriously wrong and you need to make a change, and instead of reacting, use it to inform you and and respond. Um, and, you know, and, and it may be that you decide not to respond at all in a specific situation, but your anger is really just a signal that, that tells you, hey, something's wrong, pay attention. And, and and learn from it. But, you know, all of our emotions, we need to honor and, and respect them and figure yep. out what they're trying to tell us. Yep. As human beings, we run the gamut and we need to embrace them, the good, the bad and the ugly. And so here we are, folks. Mindful listeners, just time to wake up, slow down, use your mind when it comes to stressful times. This is Rosemary Lombardi. She wrote a book called How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal. It's a survival guide. And, you know, she really is trying to help us have some self-awareness, self-responsibility, empowerment, and also get that mind going so you can have a critical thought process about the cycles that you've gotten yourself into and how to break them. All right, folks, thank you so much, Rosemary, once again for your insight. Uh, You've got a website called breakingbonds.com that folks can 
uh, find out more information. And you mindful listeners, I appreciate you once again, and we're going to see you next time.